Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. A lying prick appears before MPs and accuses other lying pricks of being lying pricks who are responsible for tens of thousands of deaths, who then deny being lying pricks who are responsible for tens of thousands of deaths by calling the lying prick a lying prick instead. Republicans in the US Senate block a major inquiry into the Capitol riot, on the grounds that the negative publicity it would generate might affect their chances of winning the next insurrection. Boris Johnson is cleared of misconduct over the refurbishment of number 10 by his advisor on standards, on the grounds that he couldn't possibly have favoured the donor who paid for it because he didn't know who it was. It's always encouraging to hear that unlabeled bribes are fine, isn't it? And finally, Priti Patel says the BBC's reputation has been seriously damaged by the Martin Bashir scandal, meaning that the BBC must now be sacked and then get rehired about three weeks later when the BBC's mate wins an election. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore and you're listening to IC News. It's been another strong and stable week of utterly unremarkable conservative leadership somewhere in the multiverse. Here on Earth Prime, however, I've got through so much popcorn that every time I fart, it's now just one teenage fingering off smelling like the foyer of an Odeon. The return of charmless Dan Dare antagonist and embarrassing spad Dominic Cummings to the public eye was always going to be an explosive affair. The self-styled former conciliary to Boris Johnson has been seeding his Covid plot twists through abrasive tweets and meanderingly pompous blogs for weeks now. And yeah, that's right, I did say meanderingly pompous blogs, and yes, it was fucking rich of me. The former adviser brought several axes to grind with him when he appeared before MPs this week, and in the words of today's online youth, He not only put the government on blast, he also destroyed them, ripped them apart, clapped back and asked them to take a seat. The response from the government was an entirely predictable meh, as it turns out that when it comes to Matt Hancock, literally nothing can shake the unwavering self-confidence of the moron table at the Dunning-Kruger wedding. Whether or not any of Dominic Cummings' damning accusations of serial incompetence will genuinely harm the government now very much depend on how much actual evidence he can produce to support them. Although when it comes to the health secretary's abysmal failure to protect care homes, you'd think the horrifying death toll would rather speak for itself. Cummings has often been called the man who knows where Boris Johnson's bodies are buried. The awful truth is that 150,000 grieving families in this country are already acutely aware of that information. Boris Johnson's administration has been plagued by leaks since he first rose to power, and Cummings isn't the only moral colander now pouring his thin excuse for a heart out to the press. What you're about to hear is another bombshell exclusive, a recording from our source within Boris Johnson's inner circle, made on the very same day that Dominic Cummings appeared before MPs. (coughs) 
Hello, um, everybody, and uh, welcome to this cabinet meeting. Thank you all for coming at such short notice. I think we can all agree that today's events call for an urgent response, and by golly, we're here to meet that challenge head on with all the British vim and vigour it demands. Hurrah! Matt Hancock! Yes, thank you, Matt. Um, good boy. That is a disgrace. I couldn't agree more, Liz. Thank you for that. I think we're probably all a little shaken up. But this cabinet must prevail. The British people expect nothing less. By the way, as you're all here, do help yourselves to sandwiches. They're very good. And, and, and for what the donors paid for them, they bloody well better be. Thank you, Prime Minister. Tuck in, Gavin. There's a good lad. Now, let's get down to uh, the, the brass tacks, shall we? I'm sure all of you have heard, uh, uh, and nobody here is ignorant of the situation, so I'll ask you only once. Royal Blue or Ultramarine? Matt Hancock! Sorry, Prime Minister, what? Royal Blue or Ultramarine, Gavin, for the trim on the cornice in the master bedroom. Carrie's really struggling with the decision on this one, and um, I, uh, I promised her I'd give it my undivided attention. That is a disgrace. Actually, it's an ornamental plaster moulding that runs around the, uh, the, 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 the wall just below the ceiling, Liz. Uh, but I do love your enthusiasm. Oh, and top work on the Australian trade talks, by the way. That is a disgrace. Well, now you sound like a British farmer. Prime Minister, I've got to ask, have you seen the news today? Gavin, 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 I'm the Prime Minister, for goodness sake. I haven't got time for the news. What with the redecorating and the book writing? Have you read any of this uh, 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 um, Shakespeare stuff, by the way? That Largo chap's a bit shifty, <laughs> but I like his energy. Well, Prime Minister, the thing is, Dominic Cummings appeared before the Health and Science Select Committees today. Dom, good old Dom. How is he these days? Um, not great, Prime Minister. He had a few things to say. <laughs> yes, about you, actually, but also about yourself, Prime Minister. Huh, classic Dom. Lobbing grenades, starting fires. I bet he gave me a right ribbon, didn't he? He said you weren't fit to lead the country. And just who the fuck are you, you jumped up little shit? Just another faceless civil servant, Prime Minister. We're pretty much interchangeable at this point. Well, let me tell you this, my good chap. Here, I'm the man in charge. And if you pipe up like that again in one of my cabinet meetings, I'll ram my fucking fist down your throat and pull your pelvis out through your windpipe. Do you fucking hear me? I beg your pardon, Prime Minister. Just joking. I'm lovable and cuddly, remember? Edit here. Have a sandwich. Come on, you new lot. What else did old Cummings have to say about his old pal Bojo? Well, um, he said thousands of people died who didn't need to. Disgrace. He said you ignored scientific advice. Cheese. And he said you needlessly delayed lockdowns. Disgrace. He also said no protective shield was ever put around care homes. Cheese. That you did in fact say you'd rather see bodies pile high than locked down again. Cheese. Uh, you thought COVID was a scare story. Cheese. And you wanted to get Chris Whitty to inject you with it live on TV. Disgrace. Oh, and he said Matt Hancock is a useless liar who he advised you to fire on countless occasions. Matt Hancock. Hmm, I see. 
And all of this is bad, is it? Sorry, what? I mean, there are bound to be some negative consequences to all this, Prime Minister. Gavin, for pity's sake, you're the Education Secretary. You can't just go making words up. What the bloody hell are negative consequences? Consequences, Prime Minister. You know, when your actions have an effect and those effects impact you in a negative way, like, I don't know, not getting a promotion or slipping in the polls. I've literally no idea what you're talking about. Prime Minister, we really do need to get ahead of all of this. But why? Because Cummings has called into question the competency of the entire government, Prime Minister. Answer me this then. Does anyone actually think our government was ever competent? Cheese. Well, I try very hard. Oh, Gavin, my poor sweet summer child. My God. Prime Minister, I think you may actually have a point. See, there's no need to panic. I could shit in my hands and clap on live TV at this point and I'd still go up in the polls. And let's be honest, who's going to believe a word Dominic Cummings says anyway? He did say that Dominic Raab did an excellent job. That does rather drag on his credibility. Exactly. All we've got to do is ride it out until the inquiry and then it's straight under the bus with this little moron. Is it it, boy? Matt Hancock? Yes, it is. Matt Hancock! Bless him. He's so eager. He has no fucking idea. Now, on to more important stuff. What's next on the agenda? What about the border policy, Prime Minister? Now you're getting it. So I'll ask again. Royal blue or ultramarine? Cheese. Disgrace. Dominic Cummings' televised hijacking of the government narrative wasn't the only high-stakes kidnapping this week, as the government of Belarus forcibly diverted a civilian airline to Minsk in order to arrest Roman Pratasevich, an anti-government activist and journalist working for the Nectar Network. Having covered and helped to organise the Belarusian protest movement through its channel on Telegram, Nectar have made themselves public enemy number one for Alexander Lukashenko's government. Having very generously offered to work on the day she starts her annual leave, with more, this is Alison June-Smith. This is your cabin crew speaking. Please return to your seats and fasten your seatbelts, as we will shortly be beginning our descent into Vilnius. Ah, the indulgent luxury of travelling by Ryanair. We've all been there. Everyone. The soft, yielding seats, the spacious aisles, the acres of legroom for you to stretch out and really enjoy... The satisfaction you get from knowing that all the extras are included, so you certainly won't get bitch-slapped with a bunch of surprise charges you never saw coming. It's truly the only way to travel by air. If you've been kicked in the head by a horse so hard that your brain had to rewire itself completely just to keep you alive. If the way you perceive space and comfort have been completely inverted by an acute head injury... It truly is the best airline in the world. Everyone knows that flying Ryanair sits somewhere between a smear test and a Tinder date with Noel Clark in terms of personal comfort. But most of the time, you can at least rely on them to get you from A to B. And that's without you falling into the hands of a dictatorship that wants you dead. 
I know Ryanair demands extra cash for weirdly shaped bags, snacks, and basic legroom. But a guarantee against violent execution charge <laughs> seems a little excessive even for a budget airline. I guess the aviation industry really does have to pioneer some extreme shit in order to recover its pandemic losses. I kid, obviously. Ryanair clearly has no control over what happened earlier this week. But hey, you know what? A conspiracy theory implicating them would probably be more plausible than the obvious bullshit currently coming out of Belarus. It's a ballsy move to call in a fake bomb threat from Hamas in order to divert a civilian flight and snatch up a dissident journalist. It's an even ballsier move to stick to that story, even when it turns out you turned the plane around before you remembered to phone in your fake threat. If there's one word I'm fucking sick of hearing after the last 18 months, it's unprecedented. It's a term that has been used and abused more often than, well, one of Noel Clark's Tinder dates. But in the case of this story, it actually applies. Nothing like this has ever happened before. The leader of Belarus, one Alexander Lukashenko, is a strong man who's been struggling with a growing movement protesting against his decades of authoritarian rule. If you're not familiar with the man, just try and picture what you get if you ordered Vladimir Putin from Wish. By extending his crackdown on activists, feeding the protest movement against him to the skies, Lukashenko has essentially committed a state-sponsored hijacking. His nonsense cover story about Hamas has been accepted by his backers in Russia because, duh, obviously. And you can guarantee that Russia is the ally he'll be turning to for financial support once sanctions from the EU start biting. What we're now seeing in Belarus is the complete crushing of a pro-democracy movement under the heel of a dictator. Lukashenko has now successfully chased most of his political opponents into exile, and he's clearly feeling bold. Russia will certainly be seeking to use this opportunity to strengthen its influence in the region. Its veto power in the UN will almost certainly protect Belarus from the worst of the international backlash for this politically motivated kidnapping. And as for Roman Protasevich himself? Dictator's gonna dictate, and it's gonna take a hell of a lot more than a few sanctions and some strongly worded letters from the G7 and EU to save his life. He's one of the many journalists and activists in the region who do much braver work than Martin fucking Bashir, and he deserves a hell of a lot better than he's currently in line to receive. Those in the West who want to see the principles of democracy held up around the world need to learn his name and repeat it as often as they can. I'm Allison June Smith, on my way to a well-deserved holiday, reporting for IC News. This is your flight crew speaking. Please fasten your seatbelts as we will be making an unscheduled stop in Minsk. It's nothing to worry about, but if you could point out any mouthy Canadian woman sat nearby to the authorities when we land, that would be much appreciated. Thank you. Oh, fuck. It's not just Belarus where journalists can find themselves under attack. 
but for one here in the UK recently, it has at least been his own stupid fault. The BBC continues to face the backlash of the damning revelations in the Dyson report of two weeks ago that found it helped to cover up the questionable tactics employed by Martin Bashir in obtaining his famous interview with Princess Diana. The corporation has been criticised by Prince William and the artist formerly known as Prince Harry for the contribution that interview made to Diana's sense of isolation and the decline of her mental state. On top of that, Conservative politicians have also been sticking the boot in and are once again pushing for major reforms at the BBC. Danny Sutcliffe has the keys to the dimensional gate this week and he's been in search of answers for what this scandal means for the future of the nation's state broadcaster. The British Broadcasting Corporation. The nation's favourite broadcaster. Ansi Beeb, the wholesome old bird nursing some of our greatest news and entertainment talents on her ample bosom. But is she really the kind, maternal, soothing voice we all turn to in times of need? Is she still worth the money? Is she still as impartial and pioneering as she should be? Or is she, in fact, a bad slut? A mad dog who needs taking behind the shed and putting out of a misery. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, maverick journalist and BBC sceptic, and I've not paid me TV licence fee for years now. Sure, David Attenborough's alright, but let's be honest, pretty soon all the best animals are going to be dead. And without nature documentaries, really, what's left? If you think you're getting 120 quid a year for Call the Midwife, then you can go and fuck yourself, pal. That's a 90 quid show at best. Now, it's been a tricky couple of weeks for the Beeb, as it deals with a fallout from the Martin Bashir controversy. It's a 25-year-old scandal, sure, but it does raise lots of awkward questions about the accountability and integrity of the BBC as an institution. An institution that many, many years ago turned their elitist noses up at a plucky young journalist from Dralsden. Mr Sutcliffe, I must protest. We simply do not hire people on the basis of how many pigeons they can bare-knuckle fight at once. You must come down off the roof of Broadcasting House immediately or I will call the police. Fuck you and your Oxbridge bias. This is discrimination, pure and simple. Ooh, you're a big lad. Finally, a worthy opponent. Come on, you fucker. You're getting me my own panorama. Ooh. <laughs> my eye, you pecky fucker. That's cheating. Shit, oh, shit. Needless to say, one personal injury lawsuit and a significant payout later, Danny had the last laugh. But let's be frank here. Failing to protect vulnerable interview candidates from the most aggressive pigeons, even when those candidates have made it very clear by email that they would be arriving on bath salts, is far from the only mistake the BBC have ever made. Executive payoffs, the gender pay gap, Jimmy Savile, Mrs. Brown's boys, each and every one of them utterly unforgivable. 
But this latest scandal cuts to the heart of the BBC's unique position in the British media landscape. It's supposed to be a truly impartial broadcaster, and these days it's fair to say that's a description that simply doesn't ring true for a lot of people. Some on the left think that the BBC's journalists are far too lenient on and subservient to the current Conservative government, while some on the right think the BBC is anti-British, anti-leave, far too woke and run by sneering metropolitan liberals. No matter which side of the debate you stand on, the BBC's duty to impartiality is supposed to go hand in hand with impeccable journalistic standards, which is absolute bollocks, if you ask me. I've pitched some loads of top-tier stuff, from topless snooker to topless robot wars to topless gardener's world. They've turned their hoity-toity noses up at all of it. And now it turns out that Martin Bashir hoodwinked Earl Spencer a quarter of a century ago, all to obtain an interview with Princess Diana. And the BBC then engaged in a shameless cover-up of his questionable methods. Well, who's unprofessional now, Hugh Edwards? Ha! I'm glad I took a shit on the bonnet of your BMW, pal. In hindsight, I did it for the people's princess. It's not just me who wants to see the BBC reformed either. It's also the government for whom this latest scandal is a convenient excuse to once again try and extend their influence over the nation-state broadcaster and with it, the wider media narrative. Like Boris Johnson said when he stuck his boot in over the scandal, lying to royalty is a serious offence. After chatting to the Queen before proroguing Parliament, he'd fucking well know. But what does a reality where Boris gets what he wants and the BBC truly bends to a Conservative government actually look like? I've come here to find out. It's Laura Coonsberg's house and she's not answering the fucking door. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and yes, that was me punchline. Thank you very much. Reporting for IC News. Clever girl. Danny's, well, I guess you could just about get away with calling it a report, brings us to the end of our broadcast. We'll be back the same time next week, but until then, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. Trade Minister Greg Hans says UK farmers should not fear a trade deal with Australia, and if there's one sentence that's historically inspired confidence before an absolute massacre, it's do not be afraid. Amazon are to offer wellness chambers to stressed warehouse staff, where they can watch meditation videos, see calming scenes, and be hypnotised into handing over their brainstems to use as processors in Jeff Bezos' Cyberman army. A Canadian politician has apologised for urinating during virtual parliamentary proceedings, which is a real step up in terms of politicians actively taking the piss. And finally, WWE star John Cena is forced to apologise to China for calling Taiwan a country, proving that it's not just pretend fights that he rolls over and taps out for. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, 
we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though. This deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.